one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sports. Myself, John Norman and Jared Kimber with a preview ahead of the Lord's Test. Second of five and uh, really advantage Australia after a whopping victory at Edgbaston. They go to their home away from home. Only two defeats since 1934 and all that. And of course, uh, memories of a big win four years ago as well. What can England possibly do apart from calling upon possibly the most eagerly awaited debutant since the days of Graham Hick, at least. You're listening to Following On, and uh, I'm alongside Jared here. Instead of uh, the sound of leather upon willow, it's the sound of um, children playing in the background, uh, boating, as we are in one of the, uh, the biggest secrets that, uh, until now, until thousands of listeners are going to uh, swarm to Crystal Palace Park, um, dinosaurs, ducks, boating, scooter activity, playground, calf, wonderful uh, wildlife. It's, uh, it's a bit of a spot here, isn't it, Jared? It's also the last home ground of WG Grace. Uh, so he played cricket here, so it's, you know, we've got to shoehorn that in. There's actually a book, I think, about WG Grace and playing cricket in Crystal Palace. I mean, there's a book on WG Grace and everything. Well, we actually did a show, didn't we, from WG's, WG Grace's gravestone not that long ago, just a few months ago before England became world champions. Um, the, the future doesn't look quite so bright and rosy for England at the moment, and nor for this show, because usually listeners will uh, be aware of this. We break the show down into segments, and of course I haven't got my laptop with me, so we're really going to have to wing this, and hopefully our producer Lucy is going to be able to weave her magic. But uh, shall we start with player of the day? So how do we do this, Jared? Player of the day and all the other shots of the day, story of the day, etc., etc. Of course, uh, nothing's happened today, apart from a couple of uh, anodyne press conferences. Uh, but where do we start, um, you know, seven days away from uh, the Edgbaton test and uh, less than 24 hours before the Lord's test? Well, as we stand here with the ducklings beneath us, is that a duckling? 
I think it's a, it's a bird anyway. Um, it's a baby bird in water. It's a baby coot. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think the two most important players that we could talk about and the player of today would be either Stephen Smith, who I think we mentioned in mm. the earlier podcasts, or Joffre Archer. And it's probably worth talking about Joffre Archer. Justin Langer seemed to single him out. I love the idea that he's going to be tired out. He's one of the most incredibly fit people. How he's going to bowl in his fourth spell. Australia's got to get past his first and second spells to begin with, not to mention the other bowlers who are quite handy as well. So, uh He's probably he's probably the most interesting player, isn't he? I mean, some of that footage. I mean, who else can make, you know, second eleven cricket go viral um, the way that Jofra Archer did? You know, there's now fo- I think you know um, Vish put up a photo from Crickbuzz, put up a photo of um, um, uh, him sconning someone in his first first class game, and uh, you know he's he's a ridiculous character at this point, Jofra Archer, and he's lived up to it so far in international cricket. Long way to go, um, but I do remember uh, having arguments on Talksport too. Uh, during the coverage in the West Indies where people go, I don't, don't know whose spot he takes. And I'm like, he takes whatever spot he wants. He is that good. Um, and, you know, it's, it's weird to think now that he's seen as his saviour, whereas before the World Cup, remember how he's going to ruin English cricket forever um, by being a disruptive force. It seems now the disruptive force is uh, opposition coaches already trying to talk him down before he plays. I think it's a moorhen, actually, not coot. Um, do you think that this is the most exciting uh, debut from an English player since Graham Hick? Uh, in terms of bowlers, I can't even think of a like-for-like replacement, really. Or not replacement, but a comparison. Yeah, I suppose Devin Malcolm maybe was another one that was talked up yet again, probably for the pace, although I don't think anyone thought he was going to be as good as people think Joffre might be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, KP was quite a big... Big one, wasn't he? Especially when you factor in the limited overs cricket beforehand and, and the Graham Thorpe um, uh, situation as well. So there's certainly a lot with KP, with Heck. Um, but it does happen because of English cricket and because so many of their players, you know, are, uh, are not qualified straight away. So it would be different if Jofra Archer uh, was um, qualified for England straight away, which you could argue he probably should have been, being that, you know, his father was a tube driver here. But... Uh, can you be a tube driver? Or is it, yeah, I suppose you are a tube driver. Was he a tube driver? Or was it just other trains? It might have been overground trains. I'm in London, so I only know about the underground trains. But, um, you know, so I think that realistically, uh, that, that it sort of builds this sort of, not a fake narrative, but, you know, more of a more of a more an interesting side to things. I mean, if, if you look back at Australia, a similar thing happened with Farwood Ahmed. You know, and you know, suddenly the government was getting involved and getting him a visa, and will he play and won't he? And will he wear will, will he wear the VB badge? And um, you know, how old was he really? All these sorts of questions sort to come along, which you don't get with a normal player who's just from your area who suddenly gets picked. It, you know, it, it is different, and I think it's quite unique to English cricket. And Joffre has probably taken it to another level by being because of the T20 um, you know career that he's had so far. But he certainly. Since KP or Hick, I can't think of anyone else. You know, and to be honest, you're older than me. You might remember when Hick was picked. I I only sort of remember Hick playing, and um, didn't he didn't he do very well against Australia in a warm-up game against Shane Warne, and then not so well against the real Shane Warne in Test matches. That's all I remember. I remember the uh, distinct disappointment when he played for England. I think he averaged about 13 after his first series. So, hopefully, Archer does the same, with but, ball. but with ball. Story of the day. James Pattinson dropped, I suppose. Josh Hazelwood coming in. That's a, that's a story coming out of the Australia camp. I've got a feeling Sam Curran might play ahead of Jack Leach. Um, Moeen Ali, 
of course, um, is going to take a, a few days away from the game before playing for Worcestershire again at the end of the week. There's a story there. Um, I've just got a feeling with the weather forecast being what it is, England thinking that this may be a four-day test match or even less, they're thinking there's no point playing a spinner, so they might actually bring in Sam Curran. What about you? What are your stories of the days? Yeah, well, Pat- uh, Pattinson's very interesting because I think he was still arguably the best bowler at times in the last test. Um, I think he's an incredible cricketer, so I, I find that a bit odd, but they did say that they were going to do this, and Siddle perhaps earned his spot. I did think Siddle and Hazelwood might be doubling up on the same role, but it, it will be interesting to see how that goes. They also haven't sort of fixed the one problem that they had. They still don't seem to be very have very many bowlers who can bowl at the tail. And that hasn't changed by bringing Hazelwood in. But uh, I think Moen Ali is probably the biggest story. Um, especially, he's having a break, they say. I mean, it's going to be a few hours off by the time that the break is actually finished. Um, you know, he's been an incredible cricketer in many ways. He's probably not quite good enough with the bat. He's probably overperformed with the ball at times. Um... And, uh, you know, has this very interesting record. He's, he's kind of a bits and pieces player, which in most teams you wouldn't be able to, to have. But because England have this incredible middle order, it hasn't really affected them. And in fact, he's won a lot of games for them. But I don't think anyone, maybe even Moeen at times, has, oh, has ever felt he's been 100% safe in the side. Um, but he, I mean, for me, he's a better all-round cricketer. And I don't just mean all-round cricketer as a... Because he can bat. But he's a better all-round cricketer than Jack Leach. But Leach might be the better choice for the for this particular test but as you said Moen might be dropped from a test that he's not going to play in anyway uh, because they may not want a, a, another a spinner so it, it, you know there's a few interesting selection things it's interesting that Australia are willing to go so heavily with the what do they call it um, player as uh, informed player management system of, of selecting their teams um, and also interesting that that Jack Leach is being brought in and may not play. I don't think it's the end for Moeen as well because, you know, he has been in this position before, hasn't he? He's been dropped from England on a couple of occasions. Um, He's not the first person to struggle against Australia. Uh, England are going to be touring Sri Lanka again at the start of next year. They played three spinners last time they were there, so he'll be back in the side before long. And then, of course, Pakistan and West Indies this time next year. And a player of his skills uh, will excel against both of those sides as he does has done in the past just feel that uh, like most of us do I suppose you just feel that he's been mucked around a little bit by England over uh, his test career um, and that's come back to, to to be a bit of a problem for him because nobody really knows what role he's supposed to play with the bat anymore least of all the player yeah but has he been mucked around or is it a case of um Partly, he's just not quite good enough for any specific role. And maybe the one role he'd be good enough for would be batting at six or seven, and England have better options there. Um, you know, we were talking about t- on TalkSport during the test, um, you know, uh, with some of the guys there. And it's like, he's just not quite a test match quality batsman. And, but he still thinks like a batsman. If he was being able to change his game, I mean, realistically... You know, he should be a better number eight than Dan Vittori. I think Dan Vittori averaged 40 at number eight. With, with Mo's skills, he should be able to do that. But England have, you know, told him to attack and Mo's just ch- decided to, to follow that and change the way he bats, as you said, maybe mucked around. But he hasn't really nailed any position. Um, and it may be it's partly because he's just not that good. And, and that, that's fine. Not everyone's an international quality test batsman. And very few people are almost a test quality batsman and a decent bowler. Who would you rather have on your side, Mo and Ali or Joss Butler? Coming in at, f- at five or six. Oh, at five? I mean, I mean, neither of them, I suppose. Um, six, neither of them, I suppose. I mean, I think Butler is a better batsman than Moe and Ellie, and I think he has the ability, he scares teams in a way that, that Moe never will. 
But if you're talking about an all-round cricketer, um, then Moanelli should be in the team ahead of Josh Butler at this stage because he can bowl. Um, and I think that's fair. But you can also see, and I, I, think, um, I think New Zealand are doing this for Sri Lanka as well, teams are starting to pick players based on how they go against certain teams or how they go in certain conditions. And there's no problem with that. If Mo is the best um, spinner and a key part of this team for everyone except for when they play Australia, then don't pick him against Australia. And I think teams have to be smarter than that. That's basically how professional sport is done around the world. It's weird that we don't think of it that, that way in cricket. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, a bumper crop for you today because we're going to cast our eyes over uh, two full days. Justin Langer, Aussie coach. Joffre Archer, uh, soon to be England test bowler. Joe Root, England captain. And to start us off, Aussie skipper, Tim Payne. That's test cricket. Um, I said yesterday, like a lot of our guys have seen Joffre or or faced him, which is a a plus. Um, Obviously, it's been in white ball cricket, but I think... We've actually faced him in Australia where conditions really suit fast bowling. So um, I think we've seen him at his fastest. Guys know what, what to expect. Um, they know how skillful he is and how good he is. So um, like most bowlers that play test cricket, um, there's going to be times where he's going to be a real threat and we're going to have to weather that. It doesn't bother us, to be honest. Um, we're focused on what we have to do, not um, you know the expectation around Joffre, whether he can handle that or not. I don't know. I don't think it will worry him from what I know of him. Um, yeah, but it's going to be exciting. It adds to the test match. It adds to the atmosphere. You know, um, the first one's always special. Um, to be at Lawrence or Grand, we 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 had a really good success as of recent. You know, so it will be comforting as well. I don't know how to feel as yet. Obviously, it's still Sam Curran as well that is waiting for the Ashes debut, and 
he's he's played test cricket already for England so whoever gets selected on the day I'm no doubt either one of us will be successful we want to keep England guessing as long as we can uh, we're pretty clear the team that we think will win this next test match and uh, we'll see that on the when the toss goes up I reckon I hope not. Um, they've also had a left arm swing bowler as well. Yeah, in the twelve. So he'll be not. He will be prepared for that. Joff Archer, really curious and um, interested to see how he goes. He hasn't played much white ball, uh, red ball cricket. He's played a lot of white ball cricket. He's obviously got a great temperament. He's an incredible athlete. But test cricket is very different than white ball cricket. So his, our plans to him will be no different than they were going to be against James Anderson or, or Broad, Wokes, um, Ben Stokes, or good cricketer Ben Stokes. Um, but our plans will be exactly the same. We're the same with Leach compared to um, Mullen. Our plans will be the same, obviously a bit different. Um, but I'm sure Steve Smith and all our batters will be rehearsing how they should play against those guys. Look, I think uh, Steve's got to start again this week, as, as do everyone else. Um, he's obviously played very well last week at Edgebaston, but I feel like um, we created a lot of good chances or close chances last time around, especially in the first innings when that ball was moving around, and we've got to make sure that, if anything, maybe just stick to our plans a little bit longer, trust that they're going to work, um, and be nice and patient. Yeah. I think... A big responsibility comes on the players, making sure that they look after themselves and, and keep themselves as fit as possible um, throughout the rest of this campaign. I think there are certain things which you know you can't control, um, and you know, sometimes you get thrown bad hand and you have to deal with it. Um, and we certainly, I think, we've responded well to that um, in the past when it's happened, and you know we've got to make sure that we do exactly the same this time. We've got some very t talented players and bowlers, especially in this in this group, that um, you know, fully capable of taking 20 wickets this week. Well, I sat through Joe Root's press conference, uh, so you don't have to, and also Tim Payne's, which was merciless, mercilessly, no, mercifully uh, short. Um, and Guy Swindle sat through Justin Langer and Joffrey Archer, who, by all accounts, was uh, pretty funny. Uh, shame I didn't sit through that one. Uh, rant of the day. It's a bit difficult to get myself uh, worked up with this beautiful setting here at Crystal Palace, the water lapping against uh, the rocks by our feet, um, my son on his scooter not too far away, boats in the uh, distance, more hens stroke coots, delete as appropriate, just in front of us. What about you? What's uh, what's riling you, Jared? Um, I think I, I've been quite interested by the whole left arm finger spin thing. I'm not sure this is a rant as much as it is. You know, it's, p people see the number 34. And they see that Steve Smith averages 34 against left arm finger spin, and they're like, well, that's a weakness. I tell you what, um, I'm pretty sure Ben Stokes averages far less than that against off spin, and uh, Rory Burns probably as well. Um, there's probably players in the Australian team. That, uh, well, it wasn't that long ago that Sean Marsh was in the side and really struggled with seamers, right? Everyone has these weaknesses. But the thing is, you need to factor in a lot of different things that aren't involved in that number. For instance, that the match is not going to be played in Asia. <laughs> You know, so straight away, he's averaged now against, if you take away Asia, he's averaging about 47 against left arm finger spin. Now, if you average 47 against something, I know Steve Smith is not a normal man, but even so, it's hard to say at that point it's still a weakness. Um, and, and I think that's just, you also have to factor in, you know, um, the fact that uh, Moen Ali is um, 
you know, they already they they have an off spinner in the side in Joe Root. So Jack Leach and Joe Root playing together sort of makes sense from a sort of harmony point of view in some ways. Um, and that Moanelli does look like I mean he was bowling a lot of beamers the other day. But but just focusing on the number 34 is sort of. It's quite interesting. I notice a lot the more stuff, especially when I did it for TalkSport um, in, in, in Sri Lanka. Like, you put out a stat and because it's interesting and people latch on to the, the great number, but they don't look into any context or anything what it, any, any else what it means. I, I think that there's a lot more to Steve Smith and left-arm fingerspin than, than is just that number 34. Um, but, I mean, it's a good number, I suppose. Good numbers are, are good things. Not so much a rant, was it? Could, is it because I'm here? Can I not? I can't rant in front of... Is, is this a lake? It is a lake. And, um, no, it would be a little bit uh, strange to be ranting about Jack Leach in front of, you know, two or three six-year-olds on their bikes who are getting excited about seeing some dinosaurs. Did I mention the dinosaurs? Unluckiest of the day. Well, that's James Pattinson, isn't it? Uh, how you can bowl that well and miss out. And, and I do understand, as we were talking about before, I understand Australia um, changing the way that they're playing. And also, you know, he, he, he gets injured sometimes thinking about bowling. So I, I can understand that. He's, he's 28. He probably at this stage should have played about 80 tests. And, you know, he, he's, he's barely played any, realistically. Um, and he's an incredible talent. But, you know, he's just got back in the test team after all this time. I think there were there were probably times when he was thinking, I may not get back. You know, I know he was thinking about being a T20 player at times because that's where the money is. And also, you know, he thought he could get through those overs. And, you know, um, you know, you look at Mark Wood and Tamar Mills and you look at the different career tra- trajectories they've had. Neither's wrong, but sometimes you have to do that. So Pattinson finally gets back. He bowls really well in a test. And Australia go, yeah, but that's your one. That's your one. Maybe later. Leeds looks nice. I worry about, you know, those sorts of decisions. And as long as there, there is, you know, a good conversation between Pattinson and the team management, it's done well. Having been involved in team environments now, it's very rarely is it communicated very well. And very rarely does the player take it well. I remember that great moment, um, uh, I think it was on the 10-11 Ashes, when Mitchell Johnson missed out on the Adelaide test. And Australia said he'd been rested. And then he was um, interviewed and he talked about being dropped. Um, now, I, I don't... To this day, I'm not sure if he was arrested or he was dropped uh, or if it was a miscommunication or what it was. But if they do that well, but you have to say, having as good as he bowled in the last test, James Pattinson is very unlucky to miss this test. Lol of the day. Don't you hate it in press conferences where a player makes a, a bit of a rubbish joke and everyone in the press conference just falls over laughing because they just feel that they, I don't know what it's about. They just feel like, oh, he's human or she's human and she's made a joke. And we should react like we're all good buddies at a bar shooting pool and with four, three or four pints in. Well, it happened today because a question was asked of Joe Root by Julian Geyer, top guy, um, about the, uh, the pitch that he was hoping for after he was really critical about the island track. And the place fell about laughing. So uh, I haven't told Lucy, our producer, that I want this audio. She's going to have to sift through 13 minutes of Joe Root to find it. But let's find out whether she's listening this far and hear the guffaws from the press conference when Joe Root answered he'd like to see a better pitch. Joe, you're quite critical of the picture of the Ireland game. What are you expecting from it this week? Um, I, I'm expecting it to be better. <laughs> but, you know, we've had some good test matches here in the, uh, in, in the past um, and it, not going to get it right all the time. And then, you know, there's quite extreme conditions in terms of the weather. There's a lot of, um, a lot of sun and extra heat, which you don't normally expect even in an English summer. 
So they had their own challenges. Um, I'm sure they've worked extremely hard to prepare a brilliant wicket this time round. Um, you know, and hopefully there's a bit there for everyone. Well, we've already said James Pattinson. And look, we'll find out over the next four or five days whether that turns out to be the mistake of the day. But you've got the feeling, or I certainly do, that if you're an England batsman and you are uh, playing in the Lord's Test and you're not facing Mitchell uh, Stark nor James Pattinson, you'd probably be quite uh, quite pleased about things. Dropping Moeen Ali, bringing Jack Leach again. We'll have to wait and find out if that's a mistake of the day. Um, I don't know. What else? What else is there? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that Justin Langer would go after Jofra, being that the Australians know him quite well. He obviously played for Hobart, and he's quite friendly with a few of them through T20 leagues. Everything I've heard of Jofra, and I could be wrong, is that he's a very well-grounded, um, smart, funny player who, who doesn't doesn't really worry about the big stage he just goes out and does his thing I found it very interesting that Langer was so specific about him um, in the press conference now I know how press conferences work maybe he was asked a bunch of questions about Joffrey and he couldn't get away but I would have just said look it's his first test he's going to be learning and we're going to try and get on top of him um, and see how he goes uh, it's interesting that he didn't do that and he you know he, he sort of tried to get psychologically in his head a little bit I don't know if it was a mistake but it, to me I, I just I probably would have played him down and been like, you know, we'll take him as seriously as we take any debutant who we know a little bit about. But he didn't do that. So it's, I don't know, it's probably not a mistake. It's a, maybe a gaff. Was it a gaff? Is a gaff a mistake? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I've just got a horrible feeling that at the end of this test, we're going to be asking the same question we did about Jimmy Anderson, about whether Joffre Archer should have played this test after he breaks down after a couple of, a couple of hours of play. But hey, just wait and see. Moment of the day. <laughs> and Jared, if you could sum up the moment of the day, I don't have a moment of the day. I mean, what, it's been, it's very interesting, you know, coming from this last test. I think most people thought, being Edge Baston and the conditions, that England would win that test. Obviously, Steve Smith kind of ruined that um, narrative a little bit. And then a lot of us, I think, thought that um, Australia would be a huge chance of winning at Lords. Now, I'm a huge fan of the touring team winning the first test. Um, or the underdog, but generally that's one and the same uh, because it opens up the series a little bit. So you're going to have straight away, you're going to have something a little bit more, confu- uh, well, uh, a little bit different than what everyone thought. And also, uh, when the touring team wins, it usually means it's it's not as straightforward from then on in. Even uh, you know, there's a home team's always a chance of either either doctoring a pitch or just coming back because it's a local conditions. So. My story of the last few days has really been thinking about how different this has gone because the first test went in a different direction. Um, now, that might be completely ruined if Australia win this test by an innings and 180 runs. Um, but maybe that's also... No one... I don't think that many people really expected Australia to win this Ashes. Even though... It's not that everyone's been saying that England's a great test team because obviously coming off the West Indies um, tour, that would be hard to push. Coming off the Island test, that would be incredibly hard to push. But I think... Home, home team, home conditions, Australia have struggled in, in England for a long time. So it could be an incredible moment if Australia go 2-0 up in this series, especially if they play the way that they usually do at Lords, uh, which is uh, really good. They do indeed. Jared, thank you very much. Shall we saunter back to the, uh, to the CAF and maybe get a, a, a beer? or a coffee who knows um, what I do know is we'll be back tomorrow at Lords where it's set to rain all day so we're going to have to go through another play of the day stroke moment of the day stroke shot of the day stroke ball of the day stroke anodyne press conference of the day that should be fine uh, stroke moment all of that we're going to have to do it all over again possibly without seeing any play can we possibly do that 
and keep our thousands of listeners? Well, there's only one way to find out. That's by subscribing uh, to Acast or iTunes and joining us at the end of whatever day's play we get at Lords on uh, Wednesday. Uh, and you can join both myself and Jared throughout the Ashes series here on the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 